Welcome to another Monday of... No one gets away with anything. Today with you we are... Jose Rafael Ochoaneri and... Ariadne Lopez. And today's episode is going to be somehow good vibes. Yes, not only good vibes, like peaceful vibes, tipo chill. Sunshine, <laughs> light at the end of the tunnel type of situation. Exactly, so... We hope you enjoy. Yeah. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> oh my god, that was awesome. Great. You'd forgotten about it, huh? No, actually, I was gonna, I was gonna do it. I was gonna fuck up the intro and do the hi before. <laughs> I was like, this comes later. This comes later, but yes. Well, Jose and I today, we decided to circumstantially speak about something that's common in our lives at this point, which is something like a fresh start. Mm, yeah, it's like... Voy a hablar en español sí, porque vaya. me parece excelente esta, tipo, voy a canalizar a mi mamá. Estamos cerrando un ciclo mm-hmm. y estamos como en ese punto en el que, como que all the pieces fit and we will soon be reshuffled into another new puzzle, but for now the picture is really awesome. <laughs> Exacto. Y es como, o sea, creo que cuando uno está metido en la tormenta, no te das cuenta de muchas de las cosas que están pasando. Es como que simplemente te sientes overwhelmed, pero you're not, like, you're not able to see the full picture. And once you, like, set yourself away from it, y lo ves desde una perspectiva un poco más ajena, si se puede decir así, un poco más lejana, dices, wow, en verdad se está lidiando con muchísimas cosas al mismo tiempo y no me está dando el crédito que quizás ameritaba. Sometimes, o sea, no nos estamos dando el amor que necesitamos nosotros mismos. I totally agree. Tipo, bueno, hemos tenido ambos como que death weeks, tipo semanas que ha sido tipo, well, maybe, maybe you won't see me next month. <laughs> like, I might die. Um, y creo que, y lo estaba hablando ahorita con una amiga, tipo, this, the sense of power that you get after you survive it. Que es tipo, if I survived that... Like, there's really nothing. Barely anything that can put me down. Exactly. Que también es burda funny, porque eso me pasó cuando me fui a Caracas. Creo que la última vez que yo cerré este ciclo mm-hmm. fue cuando me gradué de bachillerato. Okay. Que fue como que me gradué de bachillerato y dije como que estoy... More or less como que cuando me mudé, porque no cuando me gradué. Entre graduarme y mudarme, a lot of stuff happened. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say. Um, pero cuando me mudé, yo dejé todo como neatly closed. Okay. Y era como this sense of clarity about what I wanted to do with my life and how my life was going. And that was three years ago, almost four years ago. That's scary. ¿De verdad? ¿Tú te mudaste hace cuatro años? Tres. Pero it's going to be four soon. O sea, ya estamos terminando mi tercer año. Ya va a empezar el cuarto. Como que wow. I'm starting to live my fourth year here. Bueno, sí. Yo no puedo creer que ya mi primer año de universidad me quedan seis semanas, siete semanas este semestre. It's really crazy. And, and it goes by. Like, I was in my first year... Two birthday. Ah, my birthday is next week. Mm-hmm. También, birthday boy. Yeah, también. Eh, una de las cosas, mi mamá siempre me lo dice. Oye, no, fíjate. Next year, or your birthday is in September. September. When you get close to September, you're going to see that life is going to be like, oh my God, I need to do this, I need to do that. Es como que tu, la energía del mundo es tipo, you need to do shit because you, <laughs> your year is going to end. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to finish. <laughs> Okay, 15 minutes left and it's like fuck mm-hmm. that's exactly what my March has been like the month before my birthday has been like buckle up this is gonna be hard and it was but at the same time I look back at it and, and I'm like damn 
Good. I did that. You did that. Um, but I was making a point about the cycle. Ah, I feel like when you move here, por lo menos cuando yo me mudé, yo vine con esa mentalidad de, no joda, si ya yo sobreviví apagón, ya yo sobreviví protestas, ya yo me gradué, bro, there's nothing you can throw at me that won't fucking hurt me. Y fue tipo, that will fucking hurt me. Y fue tipo, yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> Fue que COVID. <laughs> like immediately after me. Pandemic. Are you sure you were like completely safe? I don't think so. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, yo creo que es un poco cursed de nuestro tipo. No. Bueno, Hans Rosling was, he died, mm-hmm. may he rest in peace. He was a Nobel uh, laureate for mm-hmm. economy. He uh, wrote the book called Factfulness. Okay. Creo que tú has escuchado ese libro. Creo que me Probably. has hablado de ese libro. Yeah, I've talked to you about the book y lo, lo seguro lo estudiaste. Tú me lo mencionaste que lo, lo estudiaste en economics. We talked about this in another episode. Lo estudiaste en un economy class, un profesor lo mencionó, etc. Claro. Bueno, eh, me tocó hacer un proyecto de colegio, eh, de colegio, wow, de la universidad. Eh, y de about chapter 8 of that book and it's called The Single Perspective Instinct and it talks about that when you have a single perspective so if you're a professional and we're all professionals at something Hans Rosling words you always believe that your perspective or your source of knowledge is where the problem comes from let me put this into perspective mm-hmm. the example we used was the Ukrainian crisis like the invasion of Ukraine if you're a historian you're going to believe that the cause of the Ukrainian invasion is that there is a historical clash between Russia and the West, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're an economist, you believe that the cause of the problem is the oil, uh, the natural gas uh, ducts that come down from... Yeah. So, and if you're, I don't know, a philosopher, you're going to say something different. Like, if you have a profession or if you have a certain area of expertise, it's always your inclination to explain the world through that, okay. right? And you're wrong. <laughs> Most of us are wrong. And Hal Trossing gives in the book two examples. He gives, if you're, uh, he went to um, Cuba during mm-hmm. the 90s when Castro was, you know, very blatantly a dictator, or in the 80s, I'm not sure. And there was this, uh, the, no, it was in the 90s because the USSR had just... Fallen. Yes, uh, they had stopped funding Cuba. Hans Rosling llega a Cuba and he starts conducting science, which is like la vaina más anticubana del mundo, porque en, por lo menos en esa época, mm-hmm. antidictatorial, porque no es anticubana, antidictatorial del mundo. Tipo, he actually did some science because he's an epidemiologist, mm-hmm. other than all the other things he is, eh, or he was. And then he realized that there had been all these bouts of paralysis in Cuba and he realized that it was because of malnourishment. But okay. of course, tell the Cubans that they're malnourishing their people. Ha 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 ha, what no. a joke. But never see. gonna happen. And so he put the malnourishment of Cuba, told them that that was the problem and they denied it. Mm-hmm. Then Venezuela started helping Cuba. Mm-hmm. They got their life expectancy up and they invited him for a conference there. He went and when he was there, they put a chart and they put the United States life expectancy for children and then Cuba. for Cuba and they were the same and the presenter who was there to the people he said we are the richest of the poor but we are the healthiest of the poor 
and some guy came to Hans Rosling during the conference and said, he's totally wrong. We're not the healthiest of the poor. We're not the... The, the healthiest of the poor. We're the poorest of the healthy. And it's like, yeah, there's a big difference. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, the other example was the U.S. health care system. And, you know, the U.S., if you were a, a dutiful economist who believes in the uh, capitalist system, mm-hmm. you say that the market regulates itself and every single industry should be regulated by itself and by the market mm-hmm. and the healthcare system has been regulated by itself and by the market in the United States and mm-hmm. it's shit. <laughs> it's not shit, but it has a lot of... No, the healthcare system in the US is not friendly to people who do not earn a lot of money Exactly. It's That's... very... Es lo mismo que en Venezuela. Sí. O sea, en Venezuela tú ahorita te enfermas y no tienes un seguro privado, necesitas un GoFundMe de 200 mil dólares. Actually, si tienes un seguro privado, el seguro dice, oops, I can't pay for that. Or I can pay for a certain extent, not to the whole thing. I can pay for $2,000 of your $2,500 surgery. Mm-hmm. It's like, no. It's not enough. Not enough, pues I know. Sí. Um, but I was going somewhere with this and I got completely derailed. The point is that when you are in the middle of your shit, when you're in the middle of that week, and you have you have that single perspective, you're like, I have to do this, I have to do that. And when you get out of it, you see the kaleidoscope the of shit. The picture. Mm-hmm. Y es como que, creo que tú y yo estamos en wow, yo hice eso la semana pasada, y sobreviví, and I'm okay. But don't you have a sense of dread? Like, this piece is going to end. Me... Ahorita voy con mi versión de la historia, o sea, yo siento que, mi, no sé si yo estoy ahorita como en tanto un nuevo ciclo, pero a diferencia de tú, por ejemplo, yo, de ti, yo llegué a Madrid y no sentía que había cerrado un ciclo y empezado otro. O sea, yo siento que yo llegué aquí en mi más oscuro ciclo, ¿entiendes? Como que tenía muchos monstruos que estaba leyendo en mi cabeza y además me estaba mudando. Entonces era como que, ok, se supone que estar aquí quizás me ayude, ¿verdad? Pero... I've been super overwhelmed todos estos meses. Y parte de la razón por la que he estado tan ansiosa, y me di cuenta ahorita que es como que no estoy tan ansiosa como antes, es porque creo que cuando tantas cosas están pasando, estamos en un estado de constante alerta. Nosotros sentimos que es un privilegio como relajarte, porque en cualquier momento vas a volver a, bom- a ser bombardeado con todas las cosas que nosotros estamos bombardeados, bien sea cosas que tú te buscaste o cosas que no te buscaste. Entonces en Caracas era muchísimo más fácil porque tenías una casa, ¿sabes? Pasara lo que pasara, there was a safe space in which if you were bombarded, people were going to help you lift yourself up. Literally. Literalmente. <risa> en cambio llegas a Madrid y estás solo, ¿sabes? Tu papá está y tal, no sé qué, pero estás solo. O sea, tienes a tus amigos, pero no the same thing. Like, your home here is yourself. Y siento que como yo venía de un momento en el que todo me estaba afectando mucho, la ansiedad es como un mecanismo de defensa, es como cuando hablábamos del miedo de que te protege de cosas que son amenazas a tu bienestar. Sí. La ansiedad es como, ok, si tú sabes que tu ambiente te está constantemente lanzando cosas que te hacen sentir mal, y tú estás constantemente ansioso sobre esas cosas, nada te va a agarrar desprevenida. Entonces es como, ok, this is the cheapest of the alternatives. No, obviamente no. no. Si tú estás todo el tiempo ansioso, no tienes energía para hacer nada. Yes, you're too worried about something happening to be ready for something to happen. O sea, happen. yo por ejemplo, todo lo que tiene que ver con universidad y excepto algunas cosas, por ejemplo, este proyecto es algo que lo que realmente le he puesto corazón y le he puesto cabeza. 
O sea, las estás haciendo como en automático. Pues ya yo sé cómo salir bien, entonces es como... Me das una tarea, me leo la cosa, no, escribo un ensayo decentemente bueno, saco una buena nota, done. Exacto, ya. Yeah. Y funciona, pero obviamente yo no vine para acá solamente para funcionar, ¿entiendes? Yo vine para acá para... Challenge myself y conseguir proyectos como los que tenía en Caracas. Solo que aquí tienes que sumarle transporte público, que te toma 400 veces más tiempo de lo que te toma muerte en Caracas en tu carro. Tienes que sumarle cocinar, lavar, planchar... Pensar, hacer diligencias, pagar, que ni siquiera yo produzco el dinero. Pero el punto es que ahorita siento que me puedo relajar. Y ese me puedo relajar literalmente hace que los días se vean más soleados. O sea, es como que te veo a ti, te veo con unos ojos muchísimo más light de los que te veía antes, que era más como veníamos a soltar toda nuestra carga negativa. Ahorita siento que podemos llegar y simplemente be grateful for the things that we have. Y eso portrays like the change of our character and the change of our life circumstances at this point. Yeah. You know, there's a process. Tipo, una de las cosas que más me gustó de ir con mi papá al comienzo, cuando yo, cuando yo me mudé a España, la primera vez que, o sea, en mi primer momento, estábamos mudando a un apartamento nuevo. Nos mudamos a este apartamento and it was unfurbished. Tipo, no había nada. Y nos tocó a nosotros poner todo el apartamento. And I realized that There is more to living somewhere than moving. You have to build. You have to build a home. You have to build a routine. You have to... Tipo, típica vaina de memes americanos. A boy only needs a chair, a TV, and maybe a, a microwave to survive. You, you need more. Y es, tipo, descubrí que una de las cosas que más me gusta es tipo ese proceso de tipo creating a space that truly is yours and feels like home. Entonces, como que siento que es exactamente lo que estás diciendo tú, como que obviamente cuando tú te mudas y creo que es algo que la gente no entiende, when you move, you uproot yourself and you have to root yourself back. Entonces, you want to go back to that 100% que estabas tipo en boom, en the beta association de todo y you can't. You're using your energy for other stuff. Exactamente. It's horrible, but it's true. It eh, happens. Sí, y es como un core investment. O sea, es, es como literalmente invertir en tu casa. Por ejemplo, mi papá siempre ha dicho que invertir en una casa es como uno de los... ¿Cómo se dice investment en español? Eh, wow. You, me, me bueno, pensaste. uno de los investments como... De las inversiones. De ajá, la... de las inversiones menos fructíferas. Pues, aunque si tienes un video state, no, no, no. No es como cuando inviertes en la bolsa que tienes constant returns. Es algo que no necesariamente es tangible. Pero it's a core investment. O sea, si tú no tienes una casa con la que tú te sientas cómodo, en la que puedes llamar tu hogar, ninguno de tus otros investments va a funcionar. You don't have a solid base. Exacto. Entonces, it's a very long-term investment. Y eso es exactamente lo mismo que nos pasa a nosotros cuando te mudas. O sea, pasas tanto tiempo invirtiendo energía en core things. Like your well-being, your food, your cleanliness. Que dices, wow, so I was being able to do so many things when I was back home because those things were given by granted, like they yeah, were there. taken care of. Que cuando llegas aquí es como, bueno, my, o sea, ¿cómo hago para volver? And it humbles you. It humbles you. It makes you realize that you are building something. And if you don't take care of building it, it really does fall. Sí, sí, sí. And you fall with it. Tipo, te caes. A mí me, me pegó full el otro día, eh una circunstancia cercana a mi familia, alguien que conozco que nunca se cuidó eh, físicamente, and he died because mm -hmm. of it. Y fue como que you were part of the thing that you're building, and you really appreciate when you build your home, and you build your routine, and it's awesome. 
you need to build you and if you don't he will die mm-hmm. I, well, Gail, I don't know I don't watch TikTok I don't really like TikTok I have TikTok because my girlfriend sends me TikToks and sometimes make TikToks of me and so that's the, the only reason. use I have for it but uh, Reels on the other hand I really like because I think that uh, Instagram distills the good TikToks from the bad TikToks and just gives you some of the best ones and then I might be absolutely wrong and I, I completely <laughs> accept your judgment I know you're hating on me right now uh, but there's this reel that's talking about um, life is risky, mm-hmm. but everything's risky. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you want to know how risky life is? You're not going to get out alive. And it's like, yes, but people don't understand it. But the other thing that I figured out now that I'm living with my dad again, um, for circumstances, I've now lived with my father in two different occasions. This time it's more in unequal terms than before. I'm still his son, he's still my father. But we're more like roommates rather than okay. me living with him because I work and I sustain myself in many ways. But uh, it was funny because I remember talking to him about when he moved and he told me, you know, I've had to uproot myself a couple of times in different ways. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to uproot yourself personally. So I said to cambiar de profesión. You have to uproot yourself. And again, es volver a empezar desde cero y agarrar tu rutina. Es tipo, when you think about it, it's like you're a long marathon, long marathon runner. Mm-hmm. You don't get worse every time you're on a marathon. You get better. Mm-hmm. So every time that you grab everything, you take it out and you go to another place. You learn what's essential for you. Y te das cuenta cada vez que terminamos uno de estos ciclos, te sientas y dices como que ayer mi domingo, mi domingo fue hablar con mi familia, este hacer ejercicio, comer super rico. Hacer tarea, trabajar, estar con mis amigos. It's like, yeah, if I have that, I'm good. I'm more than good. Like, that's something I'm okay with. Y creo que, that's why moving is such an enriching experience. Mm-hmm. Because it's not only that you learn about a new culture and all that, you learn about who you really are. Exactamente. Y creo que eso es lo más difícil de todo. Como que descifrar que, que son esas cosas que tienes que no te puedes deshacer. Y también son cosas lindas. O sea, yo creo que el proceso de self-discovery, en un principio yo lo vi como algo relativamente negativo. Porque estaba, sentía que estaba descubriendo cosas de mí misma que no me gustaban. Progresivamente, siento que no es que esas cosas se desaparecieron, pero dejé de tener miedo a esas cosas. Y esas cosas cambiaron. Y son, ahora, de mí veo traits y partes de mi carácter que me gustan. Y me hacen sentir que... I can keep going and I can deal with this. Y cuando dices lo de la casa y decorar, o sea, yo tengo literalmente una explicación perfecta de cómo ha estado mi cabeza y mi vida en estos 7, 6 meses desde que llegué es... Tu cuarto. Mi cuarto. Y mi casa en general. O sea, yo no tengo un cuadro y las únicas como cositas que compré las compré con mi mamá y queda cuando ellas están aquí, cuando se fueron, no. Hace como dos semanas o tres semanas vi mi casa y dije... Está súper vacía. Y fue como el primer momento desde que llegué que dije, ok, I want this to change. Fue la primera vez que me tomé la molestia de sentir, ok, quizás sí vale la pena como make this my home. Y eso, eso o sea, son esas cosas tan como pequeñas que son señales de que, baby, you're there, you're fine, you have people, it's ok. O sea, es como que te puedes relajar. Exacto. Y 
literalmente, o sea, creo que la mejor forma de explicarlo es como que I feel the light now. O sea, cuando el día está súper soleado, I notice it. Cuando el día está súper gris, como que I notice it. Cuando people are happy on the streets, I notice it. O sea, cuando estás como tan feliz que los estímulos del ambiente te afectan a ti y eres como súper susceptible a la belleza a tu alrededor. <laughs> the other day, uh, on Saturday, mm -hmm. I went shopping with my girlfriend because I, I need to buy some new clothes. And we were literally walking down this same street and I looked up and I saw, tipo, la fachada del edificio, los tiles eran súper bonitos y como que miré por la tía y mi novia estaba caminando por la calle y yo me paré y le digo como que, mierda, mira qué bonito. I was like that for like five blocks and you were like, you're like super susceptible to beauty right now and I'm like, como que toda mi storm estoy escuchando The Beatles. Okay. Específicamente Here Comes the Sun. I love that song so much. Y Blackbird. Tipo, pero Here Comes the Sun was like this combination of Here Comes the Sun. Like it's coming and it's really cool because it was like right the end of winter and the beginning of of Spring. Spring. Well, yeah, it's really cold. But <laughs> the sun's out. Sí, sí, sí. Oh, por favor. O sea, creo que no tienen idea de lo azul que ha estado el cielo desde el primero de abril. Primero de abril fue como new beginning. Yes. It was a bit of an April Fool's joke on the part of the weather porque salió el sol, pero estamos como menos un grado. O sea, ahorita está más frío que al principio. Sí. Pero, pero the sun is out and that just tipo nada más eso for your circadian rhythm for those of you who like having control over your bodies. Uh, the Huberman Lab podcast is really good for that. You, de sus primeros episodios habla de tipo how important the sun is for you to actually function. Que es algo que nos pega mucho a los venezolanos. Tipo, Very good, sí. O sea, ponlo en perspectiva. La cantidad de energía que gastas nada más en adaptarte al sol. It's crazy. Es que me, me pasó en estos días estaba saliendo del metro y estaba súper soleado. Y literalmente me sentía en Caracas, brother. O sea, es como cuando tú salías... Que ojo, en Caracas uno no pasaba tanto tiempo en la calle. No. Casi nada. Pero las pocas veces que uno salía como a la cancha, en la que sentías el sol, literalmente tuve como un flashback a cuando estás en Caracas y el calor te atormenta. Y no estaba haciendo calor, solamente hacía eso. Pero sí. I was like, qué impresión, ¿no? Sí. O sea, es complete change. Bueno, en la cuarentena pasada que o cuando me mudé pasaba que yo veía a la gente en diciembre en la calle que les pegaba el sol y se quitaban la mascarilla y abrían así y se quitaban todo y diré que crazy people loca. hoy en día yo veo el sol en diciembre y que ¡ah! <laughs> yeah, o sea it's, it's, it's really weird I want to bring something to your attention vamos do you know of the hero's journey? you have an idea of what that sí, is? sí, sí, sí como the archetype también exactly the archetype of the hero follows a cycle ajá tipo tal cual es un círculo It's called the hero's journey, and it comes from. The it, the interesting thing is the hero's journey starts with normal and ends with normal, okay? It's a journey between two worlds, the normal world, and the special world, and you go through this whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. I, I've been theorizing a lot about how life works, etc., because I like to do that in my free time, <laughs> and, and uh, I was thinking about that, like. Uh, I was giving English class to my students and when I'm really passionate about something it shows tipo mi novia me lo ha dicho no entiendo nada de fútbol pero tú empiezas a hablar de fútbol y se brillan los ojos y es como te pones tan como que you make me actually like it y me pasó con esto como que I was looking at the hero's journey y yo tuve muy buenas profesoras una de mis mejores tipo una de las profesoras que más adoro en la vida I still she's a mother in my school 
was because her kids mm-hmm. are no longer there. But Michelle, Michelle if you're listening, I love you. Um, she read us Shakespeare. And Shakespeare led me to this, like, understanding of how literature works, like, the cyclical nature of the hero grows in a spiral that's going upward. Mm-hmm. And you get to your low, but you keep on going upward. And it's really cool. And I feel like that's the moment we're in. I was listening to Joe Rogan this morning, uh, who, you know, reels, he appears sometimes. And he was saying, you know, the reason why I appreciate the moments where I'm rested, where I can relax, is because I work so fucking damn hard. Porque trabajas tan duro que en los momentos en los que estás así en paz como tú y ahorita es tipo, wow, this water tastes like droplets of sí. heaven. No, <laughs> y los momentos de relajación también te ayudan a como reestructurar tus metas y volver a soñar, que es algo que yo siento que me, me, me hacía mucha falta. Tú tienes que estar en paz en tu cabeza para poder plantearte metas y plantearte sueños. Y eso es indispensable para la felicidad de un ser humano. O sea, si tú no tienes algo por lo que luchar y algo por lo que tener ilusión, muy difícil que tú te levantes todos los días con ganas de seguir luchando Obviamente. y cuando tú estás metido en una, un torbellino de cosas que tú sientes que son negativas y una carga negativa, como dice tu mamá, una energía, unas vibras es muy difícil que tú te des el, el espacio y que tengas las ganas de plantearte sueños una vez que sales de eso y empiezas a apreciar the droplets of water, the beauty outside, the birds that sing, the fruits that you eat es como, ok ¿Qué quiero hacer con estas cosas positivas que me están pasando? O sea, como que ¿cómo voy a drenar toda esta energía linda que tengo para entregar al mundo? Y eso es lo lindo, el, lo principio, el principio de un ciclo. Es como que, ok, you see your own potential and you're aware that you can give something to the world and then you go and you do it. You know, there's, there's a couple things. Uh, my dad is going through a process right now and he has recently, tipo, se ha liberado mucha energía negativa. And he's, he's told me lately when I see him, he no lo veo todo el día, pero de vez en cuando cenamos, almorzamos juntos. Me dice, la gente me está parando en la calle, tipo, gente que me conoce, pero no me conoce. Mm-hmm. Me dice, oye, José, estás como, como mejor. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, that, that comes from when you end that cycle, when you create something from this new normal. También, I feel like I'm looking at my life like that, like a hero's journey, and that that closing of the cycle ¿sabes qué pasa? when you're in the middle of it es muy desesperante tengo una amiga que está in the middle of it que hablé con ella hoy y me dice tipo me quiero suicidar o sea tengo exámenes mi familia está aquí y me están presionando muchísimo and I feel uh, and I peleé con mi novio and I'm having like this existential crisis on all sides y me dice como que if I knew that this was gonna end and that I'm gonna be okay in the end I would kind of be okay And I think that's what this does. That's why it becomes easier. Porque you understand that you're having a bad time right now, but you're not always. And that at some point, the sun's going to come out. And it's going to be amazing. Sí. And I feel like that happens very rarely, that you actually get to see the structure of life and say, shit, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And the other thing is that, lo que ahorita, Reminded me of an interview that a YouTuber, I don't remember his name, but he did talking to Jordan Peterson. And he was saying, you know, I took a drug called uh, MDMA. And what that did is, like, if my happiness was a bottle of water, MDMA, what it does is it makes you feel like that water is overflowing. Mm-hmm. So it's like the universe, it's not good. I mean, don't he doesn't recommend MDMA. He says, like, he did the experience because he wanted to try it. Mm-hmm. And it makes you feel like you have 
love to give extra. Mm-hmm. The consequence being that then you have feel like you don't have love enough for anything for like five days. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, he says, you know, we have a tool that can make us feel what it is to have your glass full of love, overflowing with love. And he was like, you know, the funny thing is that what I did with that wasn't to keep it to myself. I didn't keep it in. I called my friends. I called everybody that I love in my life and said, like, man, I fucking love you, you know? And I wish the best for you. And that's exactly what happens in the end of the cycle. That's what makes sense. It's the thing that you should be doing. Your parents had enough of that to raise you. And your friends have enough of that to cheer you on. It's like, damn. Sí, son, siento que también tienes estos momentos como de realization, o sea, es que me, he visto a algunos amigos en estos días como que los veo y es, yo siempre recuerdo a la gente que la quiere mucho, pero los ves y dices, I'm very lucky for you to be in my life. Y me pasa ahorita, o sea, es que te veo hablar y es como que, qué lindo todo lo que hemos construido and I'm like super lucky to have a person like you in my life, you know, con la que puedo compartir estas cosas y además siento que nuestros ciclos han estado relativamente sincronizados. Yes. <laughs> And you know what? I'm going to have this recording forever to remind myself that it's okay and that wow, we're going to yes. get through it. This is very valuable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially for people like us. Yes. Who tend to forget that often. You know, what I was going to say is that there's, I think to end, there's this thing where when once you get to the top, once you reach your goal, it's no longer, you have like that one moment where you're like, mm-hmm. <gasps> and then it goes away. Mm-hmm. I'm right I haven't gotten up the hill yet. I'm getting there. And you say what? I'm getting there. But this is a moment where I can actually appreciate it because I haven't gotten to the top yet. Mm-hmm. Right? And I know there's another hill. Como que, that's the thing. That's what you should start liking. It's como cuando la gente hace ayuno intermitente y te dicen como que the third, fourth day, you're going to start feeling this emptiness in your stomach. You need to start liking it because that's, that's, ese es el ayuno. Mm-hmm. Um, lo mismo, lo mismo pasa con esto, es tipo, I'm, I know I'm going to be feeling that thing in my stomach soon, and you too. Mm-hmm. And we need to be able to say, you know what, it's part of the cycle, I'm going to be, get better at this the best I can, so that I can do it again. Mm-hmm. Y también es como que hay que aprovechar estos momentos de amor, claridad y felicidad para construir las bases. Exactamente. Para asegurarse que las bases estén sólidas, exacto, yeah. well-grounded, y que para cuando las necesitas más que ahorita they're gonna be there yeah. y, invest in yourself exacto y esas bases son la gente que, de la que te rodeas tus amigos dale amor porque tú también necesitas ese amor tu familia tu casa tus estudios y tu desempeño profesional y tú mismo o sea, tu rutina y tu, tu, tu salud rutina mental. comer bien hacer ejercicio darte la oportunidad de ver Netflix sin preocuparte por la vida. De ver Bridgerton y decir, oh my god, this is... Es, no. es que 
te lo juro que yo no había... O sea, yo no me acordaba de lo necesario y de lo intelectualmente estimulante que es ver una serie así. Simple. Yes. Just gossip. And being able to relate with characters. That opens your mind so fucking much. Yes. Yeah. Muy importante. Yeah. Pero bueno. I love this. I love this. Uh, by the time you guys see this, we're gonna actually start airing this in about two weeks. So <laughs> you're gonna be able to see this in maybe a couple of months. <laughs> But um, we hope you really like this. We're we're almost at the top of the hill, and we hope you like this. I think it's gonna be fun to listen to this by the time we air it, and we like make and hacer como un análisis interno de okay, dónde estoy ahora. Exactly, it's gonna be really fun. Interesting. Well, this was. No one gets away with anything. And we are Ariana Lopez. And Jose Rafael Ochoa Neri. We see you next Monday. Bye.